Welcome, pet lovers, to another episode of the Pause and Effect podcast, where we delve into the heartwarming world of pets and the incredible bonds that they share with their human companions. I'm your host, Dr. Kara, a passionate veterinarian dedicated to bringing you insightful conversations that educate, inform, and inspire. Today's episode is extra special as we're joined by a dynamic duo, Pam Diamond and her therapy dog, Frankie. Together, they're on a mission to make a positive impact on the lives of those in need. They're here from Angel Paws, an MPO currently operating in KZN and established in 2021. But before we dive into their incredible journey, let's explore a crucial topic that often sparks curiosity, the distinctions between emotional support dogs, service dogs, and therapy dogs. Get ready for an enlightening conversation that will deepen your understanding of these valuable roles in the world of assistance animals. Welcome, Pam. So lovely to have you and Frankie here with us today. Oh, thank you so much, Dr. Cara. It's really lovely to be here and we're super excited to talk all things therapy dog with oh, you today. There's so much to learn. There's so much to share. Before, let's hit the landscape because let's start with my first question, which is, please can you give us the differences between emotional support dogs, therapy dogs, and service dogs. Amazing. Cool. Yeah, that, that is something that we often get asked about, um, and it's, it's a great question to open with. So service dogs are um, examples, the most commonly known examples are SA guide dogs or the guide dogs. Um, and they are very well-trained, highly trained dogs. They work for one person, for their person, and they help them in um, their, with whatever they need to help with. So obviously with, um, with the guide dogs, those people, the people that they work for are, um, have problems with sight. Um, other examples are medical alert dogs, other examples are often um, people with hearing disabilities have a dog to help them hear the doorbell or the telephone or whatever. But so those dogs are really highly trained um, and they work for one individual person. And a very specific skill set. Correct. Okay. Yes, a very specific skill set. Um, emotional support dogs, on the other hand, are more similar to therapy dogs Um but they again work for their person and how they are um, seen as emotional support dogs is they are usually signed off by their person's health professional. So their health professional will say this, this person really needs to have their dog with them all the time in order to cope with life or to go about their normal life. Whereas our therapy dogs get to interact with many different people, many different types of people, children, people that are ill, etc. So they have to love everybody. <laughs> it's actually badly named because they're doing a service, aren't they? If, you would feel that if it was, they were named before that they would be service dogs. Yes. Because they really are doing a service to a greater community, aren't they? They, they are indeed. So mm. yes, um, so they get to interact with many, many different people. Um, they must like all kinds of people, um, whereas the other two just really need to like their person and be bonded <laughs> with their person. So that that's really in a nutshell the difference between the three different dogs with jobs. Um, and yeah, that's what therapy dogs that's a, are that's about. Very, very interesting. So tell us about 
you tell us about your background and Frankie, how did Frankie become a therapy dog? So I've always been really, really interested in, in this concept of therapy dogs and um, having Frankie with me, I really, we really bonded and I, would, I really wanted to, I knew he had so much love to give um, and so I wanted to see how, how I could use that, him and me doing what we love to do, which is help people. Um, so we volunteered for some therapy dog units in South Africa for a while. And then as the universe would have it, um, I, we got in touch with a lady called Angie Thornton, who's been very instrumental in getting therapy dogs involved in South Africa. Um, and she moved down to KZN Midlands and wanted to start a unit down here. Um, so the two of us, long story short, decided to get together, put KZN in the therapy dog map and start our very own NPO, which we called Angel Paws, um, and took it from there. So we're pretty new. We're, we're just over two years old. Um, and what, how many started off? I mean, you started off, obviously, is, was it just the two of you? Or were there a few people already on the book? So a couple of, of, of handlers from the other units joined us. Okay. Um, so we started off in KZN with seven of us. Um, most of us, including Frankie and myself, we're still in training. Okay. <laughs> um, and we're now, we're now up to, I think it's nearly 40 um, teams. It's really grown in quite a short period of time. It has, yeah. And is that because ultimately people are just seeing the benefit of it? I think so, yes. You know, I think there are and I think people see what a lovely thing it is to do with your dog. Um, So, yeah, very little, we've done very little marketing as such in order to recruit. Um, most Most of the handlers and teams that we have have contacted us and asked how they can get involved um and so we take them through yeah we put them through the program we evaluate check for dog temperament that make sure that they're gonna love this work because that's really really important um and how many fail at that point can't imagine too many <laughs> not many no and and we also we don't like anybody to f- to fail we don't like saying failing but um, <laughs> not being successful it's not being successful I know I've got to change especially now <laughs> being a parent I have to actually change my, <laughs> my narrative um, so if they're unsuccessful we we've partnered with some amazing uh, qualif- professional um, animal behaviorists in KZN who are amazing and trainers too so um, a lot of them we refer them and then a lot of them specifically help those those teams get to the point where they're going to pass an evaluation of flying colors so is it like a calling is it you know when you recognize does it perhaps start it's like this dog is like an emotional support dog (laughs) yes because I, i know your story started a little bit like that the the benefits that you found in Frankie, you wanted to share with the, the greater world. So are you happy to share how you, you got to this point? Absolutely, yes. So that, you know, that's that's so true. And we often do have people who have emotional support dogs that want to um, join us and and work more within the realm of, of how canines can heal. So, And they make 
fantastic teams as you can imagine mm. um so yes but you know what are the typical qualities that frankie has that makes him oh, just <laughs> put his head on my lap <laughs> and I, i'm sorry it's a bit hard um, what are some of the qualities in these dogs okay so at the value the evaluation is the very first step and honestly it's we test to make sure the dog's going to be comfortable in environments um so, and with different noises, with different type of people, if we have children around, we ask them to join in the evaluation so we can judge whether the dog's going to be comfortable enough to be able to start their journey. Um, and then after that, so it's temperament mostly, so we're looking for any kind of fear aggression most I don't believe dogs are aggressive any but um, sometimes they'll respond in a in a fearful way if they're worried about something so we look for that we look for their responses to say a loud noise or a heavy tray metal tray being dropped um, their response to being touched because that's really important that's yes. their job is to be touched so do they enjoy it that's mm. ideal obviously that dogs actively seek touch um, and then what else is really, really important is the relationship between the human part of the team and the dog. So to, is the human able to read their dog? What, will they, what action will they take if their dog's feeling uncomfortable in a situation? How do they communicate? Are they kind? Those kind of things are really, really important in terms of a successful evaluation. So a lot of the training is also about you managing situations Absolutely. and being able to read your dog and having that connection Correct. in order to yes. ensure that there's safety for all concerned. 100%. So, so saying that, let's get right into to what is it that you actually do because you find yourself in so many different varied situations yes. from some that we perhaps can all relate to or we've heard about to some really fascinating so challenging situations at times. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, we. Are, so, how do you break it up in terms? We've of broken it up at Enterprise into essentially four programs: um, animal assisted activity, which is where we say we can make someone's day. So Leave that's that <laughs> really just all about petting, um, leaving the dog to do their thing with the person that we're visiting, um, and whatever happens but we don't really know because we're the leash holders mm. um happens between the, the person we're visiting and the dog um and then the, the second is um animal assisted therapy where we can really get into the nuts of bolts in literally changing someone's life sometimes um but we work there in conjunction with a professional so it may be a physio it may be um psychologists, psychiatrists, maybe teachers. Um, so that's a really, really interesting part and where you can really see the impact that you're having. Um, witness that. And then animal-assisted ed education, where we educate children primarily. We get invited often into schools um, where we educate the children about dog handling, about dog welfare, um, a little bit of what to do if you encounter a scary dog, so um, how to be a tree, 
And then the children get to interact with the dogs afterwards because obviously we know that they're stable and that they're happy with children interacting with them. And then our fourth one is a program that we've called Pause Pause to Read. Um, And that's about reading programs with children where we work again just with one child um, over a period of time and we help alongside the teacher um, with a reading program for that child um, and get them up. Often it's children that are starting to read or children that are battling to read and get them up to a, to a standard that the teacher's looking for. Um, so, yeah, that's a lovely program to be involved in. And the premise around that is that there's no pressure. Dogs don't judge. The dogs are not going to tell you that you said the word wrong. Um, and we can use, in all three programs, we use the dogs to help facilitate a lot of what goals that are, are trying to be reached. So speak through the dog often. Correct, like, yes, okay. yes. So with the pause to read, there may be a difficult word in the passage, and we'll, we'll say to the child, um, Frankie doesn't understand that word. Can you explain it to him, or shall we look it up in the dictionary, and then you mm. can explain to him what it means. So mm. they're really amazing in terms of being able to facilitate those type of things. Things that would otherwise be quite tough or taken Correct. personally. Correct, exactly. And obviously they're just so patient. Yes, <laughs> they, yes. They slow everything <laughs> down. I mean, nobody wants to rush a, a beautiful dog like this exactly. <laughs> off their yes. lap. So that's that's incredible. And you've yep. seen results. I mean, the results are, yes. are, are there in terms Absolutely. of we've, the improvement in, in reading ability. As we take a short break from our conversation with Pam from Angel Paws, Let's take a moment to focus on an integral aspect of your dog's overall well-being. Today, I'm thrilled to share a product review of my podcast sponsors, UltraPet, specifically their special diet, Joint Health Dog Food. This specialized dog food is a game changer, especially for dogs dealing with joint stiffness or arthritis. The ingredients are carefully selected to address specific needs. For joint maintenance, glucosamine, chondroitin, and green lip muscle extract are key components in supporting joint health and mobility. For muscular support, a high quality protein blend is incorporated to assist in maintaining lean muscle mass, along with fatty acids for sustained energy. For digestive health, the formula includes high quality cereals and fiber, promoting a healthy digestive system. For a healthy immune system, vitamins and minerals, including A and E, are added to support the immune system. For a healthy skin and coat, omega-6 and 3 fatty acids contribute to maintaining shiny coat and a healthy skin. Prebiotics. The addition of prebiotics creates an environment for microflora to flourish. Scientifically formulated by veterinarians and animal nutritionists, this complete and balanced diet is specifically designed for adult dogs with joint support needs. With a protein content of 24%, fat at 11%, and fiber at 3%, it caters to the unique needs of dogs in their adult life stage, or those susceptible to joint disease. The flavor profile, chicken and rice, ensuring palatable dining experiences for every meal. For dogs facing joint issues, UltraPet's special diet joint health food is a reliable choice. It is designed to improve mobility with a focus on building strong bones and supporting healthy joint cartilage. The high quality protein blend aids in maintaining lean muscle and healthy weight, minimizing stress on those joints. It's available in pack sizes of three kgs and 12. 
This formula is a testament to UltraPet's commitment to providing tailored nutrition for your furry family members. Now, let's get back to our conversation with Pam from Angel Paws. So I, I want to ask you a little bit more because I think for me, I, I mean, I'm interested in, in all that you do, but I, what I love about what you do is you educate. Mm -hmm. And so you teach about um, good care, what people need to do, which I think we're seeing improvements of in South mm. Africa in particular, um, but it's, it's so critical mm. to not be fearful of dogs, that how to approach a dog, um, the, the requirements to, to look after a dog, the feeding. Mm. And I mean, that is, it's invaluable. It's, you know, yeah. there's no course at school that teaches that. And if you don't have a dog at home, mm. how, do you, how do you learn? Or perhaps you're learning better. <laughs> Often, yes. Bad ideas. <laughs> so I, you know, I just love the the fact that that and that you're doing in schools. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So we often will get invited to the Model C schools or other schools um, with the dogs, and yeah, and then we have a little um, presentation where we teach the children about dogs. We tell them about dogs. We answer any questions they have, um, and then um, teach them. Bite prevention, so what to mm. do if you counter, counter um, a dog that you, you think might be scared of. And lots of children in South Africa are scared of dogs and then they give the dogs all the wrong signals because they'll run away or they'll scream or something mm. like that. So mm. we teach them to be a tree, um, what to do, call an adult. Um, and then, yeah, a little bit of, of, of dog welfare and how to look after your dog if you have a mm. dog at home, <clears throat> make sure they have water. Mm. Um, and children are busy. I mean, they, even their mm. movements a exactly. lot faster. And those are <laughs> typically for dogs that aren't maybe not familiar with people, those yes. you know, to, to teach the right approach. And I mean, exactly. to have a positive experience with a dog like Frankie is, you know, to have that association rather than, and I was bitten by a dog because that's what you hear. People who are fearful as adults often go, oh, I had this experience as a child that was bitten by a dog rather mm. than my first engagement with a dog was with this beautiful, you know, they talk about the stories about how people fall in love with, with pets. They'll mm. talk about some particular dog and they'll know the name. Mm. <laughs> and that's the story you'll hear. They're like, oh, and no, I wanted a dog like the first one I met or the, the dog that, you know, yeah. I came across. So, yeah. I mean, this is, uh, this is really... Yeah, and often with adults too in the facilities we visit, the staff are often very afraid of dogs. So um, we can do, we've done, and I think that's also something that's evolving in terms of what the work we're doing um, that's been quite beneficial to general public is teaching people that dogs are sentient, beautiful creatures um, and you don't necessarily have to be afraid of them um, and this is how you approach them. We often have people eventually that are very scared of dogs that by the end of the visit, touching the dogs or patting them. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it, 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 is, it, is, it is really interesting in how this, we're all learning along the way, um, but how it's evolving and where we're seeing we really are the most beneficial and how the dogs can really help in the most beneficial way. Yeah. Some of the images that you share, and obviously you are on social media, you do show your work, you're very transparent about the, yeah. the offering. And um, 
some, and I like I, I never hear anything but positive oh, responses to anybody who's used a therapy dog. It's always been so impactful. Amazing. But I, I, you know, you see images of of people obviously in care homes or or dying, and mm. I mean there are, uh, are many. Mm. very heartwarming stories out there about the impact that animals have in those final moments and um, easing you know the, the release of good hormones and pain relief and comfort during mm. some very very difficult times so not only when you know young and, and learning but you know those final final Absolutely. moments where you just need some love and support and care mm. so how much of uh, tell us more about that have you so we have we have had there was where we were we as the leash holders and the taxi drivers we we don't know much and it's not our place to know much about the people we visit we leave it up the dogs to to do their work um, but we have in fact been in someone's room in one of the hospitals that we visited. Um, we were just taken in by one of the nurses and we didn't understand what was going on but we did learn very soon after that interaction that that person in fact did pass away he was with his daughters um, and interestingly enough we heard via the, the grapevine that um, they had mentioned to a number of people that the dogs had actually been with him in his final moment. Might start crying, sorry. No, okay. <laughs> um, which is, yeah, that so is So comfort something. for the family. Absolutely. So it was, it was yeah. just the, the support that Frankie provided, not only for the person yes. who was passing away, but for the extended family. Yes, we were with, I suppose, Frankie's colleague, Gabriel, who's a golden <laughs> retriever. <laughs> Um, and yeah, so Gabriel was was with the patient Frankie and I were at the door with the with the nurse. But yeah, absolutely. So they had, yeah. There's there's a there's a story of where the dogs, unbeknown to us, had made a huge impact. Another um, care home that we did visit um, often. One of the residents there was part you know during the time he was passing and had asked for the dogs unfortunately it wasn't the day that we visited but uh. he, it was one of his wishes if the dogs could be there so uh. yes yeah, so I think that tells a story of of what the dogs bring although we can't mm. fully understand it as mm. as mere mortals but what they what they do bring I think you know Pet owners, owners of cats, owners of dogs, maybe <laughs> people who love cats really love their cats, <laughs> uh, and I'm not one of them. Um, we we know the benefit that mm. our animals bring. Exactly. And when you find yourself in a hospital environment where you, you, that longing, you, yes, obviously you probably want your family around you, but you can have them there. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily, well, you certainly, unless you're in a uh, personalized care home or at home yep. you you can't have a dog in those sort of facilities and so yes. I want to go on to what do you have to go through or what does Frankie have to go through um, in order to visit these places because this is not just a you know quick into the car and, yep. and seen on the other end there's quite a process here yes and we're quite strict about it mm. um, for a number of reasons we know the risks involved working with with mm. dogs in the public space is a risk so we are really strict about our, our procedures and our protocols 
Um, and repeat the question, please. <laughs> <laughs> so what does Frankie have to go through okay. in terms of being healthy and fit? Yes. So the dogs have to, they, they, before they start work, they get signed off by their vet to make sure that they're in good good condition, that there's no underlying problems that could possibly, they could be in pain or um, anything that could um, hinder their work. Mm. Um, and the vets obviously know that they're therapy dogs. Yes. So the, the communication is, please, can you assess? Obviously, we assess all yep. animals, but now knowing that, say, yes. Frankie in particular is going to be touched, you know, Correct. maybe aging a little bit. Yes. Can you please make sure that there is no arthritic pain? Or, exactly. Okay, yes. so that's particularly important in these therapy yes. dogs. So we have, we actually have a certificate that they need to take with them and get signed off by the vet. Um, okay. So they're very aware that there are therapy dogs. Um, and then obviously all their parasite control has to be up to date mm. because they go around licking everybody. Oh, I've got a lovely lick in the face. And then the dogs have to be clean. So yeah. our therapy dogs do need to be bathed at least once a month. Um, if you're visiting a hospital or anywhere else where there's vulnerable people, then at least 24 hours before that visit... Um, they need to, before we go into any facility, they are sprayed with current antibacterial spray that's um, safe for, for dogs. So that gets sprayed on their fur. Paws get wiped. I saw that. <laughs> Frankie's <laughs> paws were even wiped before coming in here. <laughs> Teeth get brushed. Ears have to be clean. So, yeah, there's a fair amount um, that the dogs do need to go through before visits. Um, they have to be groomed, obviously, prior to the visit, so a good brush, and yes. And they're obviously up to date with their vaccine. So is the Absolutely. visit once a year like a, a companion animal, or are they more frequent with, with the vets? How frequently do you have to so go for in it? In my case, I go at least every three months because okay. Frankie is a senior dog. Senior but a requirement of angel paws is once a year so we, we kind of think it's responsible pet ownership anyway because mm. you should be taking your dog once a year for their annual checkup mm. and at the same time get your your certificate signed off um the when dogs do join the program we ask for fecal flotation so we make sure that they are parasite free um to be done um, and then after that, we trust our teams that mm -hmm. they keep up to date with their, their parasite control and they're not going to put us at, at risk mm -hmm. at all. I um, think when you're educating on the subject, it's something that you're, you're absolutely far more mindful of. Absolutely. And, yeah. and we haven't had, and I'm sure we won't ever have, but the last thing you want is a facility to come back and say, oh, my resident now has... Gastro. Yes. <laughs> um, I'll post your dog's visit mm. or they may have picked up something from their fur because mm. they weren't clean enough mm. or anything like that. So we're really, really strict about that. Mm. But I think if anything, it's it's shown that the the benefit of having dogs in your environment from a microbial perspective, even even in terms of gut health, yes. is is only positive. Yes. Um, you know, obviously, like you're saying, it's making sure that they they're, they're not this my concern, sorry to bring it up in the middle of our podcast, but with raw food diets, you know, having mm. a, a raw food diets where there is the risk that they may not be showing signs of illness, but then having that lick on the face that that may be a 
risk of yep. zoonotic or contamination. Right. Um, but like you said, I mean, Frankie is smelling incredible. <laughs> no, <I genuinely laughs> he is always want. immaculate and glossy and shiny. Yeah. So whatever you're doing, you're doing very, very yeah, well. Thank you, Dr. And, and he's, I mean, he's, he's a senior, like you mentioned. Yeah. And so like, not that I know you, you work with other dogs or your other little one, how how long how long do you do you to go on keep for going. Is, is it is it his decision <laughs> yes it's his decision really um so this is also why we like our teams to really understand their dogs and really really be able to read them correctly and and that's why in training program is is um so important and so we help them we help guide guide the human part of the team um we're quite, I've done, because of my work as a therapy dogs, um, I've done a little bit of uh, studying in terms of animal behavior. Um, so I can understand dogs and read them. Um, so we, we will advise and, and guide the teams in terms of whether we feel like their dogs are are enjoying the work still, mm. uh, either as seniors or even as young dogs. Mm. Sometimes dogs just don't know why they're there and they would much rather be <laughs> with, playing with other dogs. sheep <laughs> or playing with other dogs or, or doing other dog things. So we, we, we do try and help and guide with that. Um, and then Frankie, I think a lot will depend on his health, how long he's able to keep that. How long his his vet feels he's still fit enough <laughs> to be able to work. Bye, Frankie. Oh, where are you going? <laughs> <Tell Ten point. laughs> oh, cat food. <laughs> Frankie. That's not for you. No, it is. <laughs> oh, that cat food, yes. <laughs> so in terms of you, you meet a lot of different people. What is the general response? Are people... Do they, do they want to touch? Do they, what, what, I mean, it's, sorry, I'm, I know no. it's varied, but yes. do you generally get a good response? Yes. Always get a good response. The people, literally, their hands are, they obviously know we're coming. Mm. Um, so people just can't wait to get their, their hands on the dogs and touch them. They know they're there for touching and patting, so they, they generally are. Um, as we were chatting earlier, there's some staff that are a little bit afraid of the dogs. Um, but if we have time, then we work with them a little bit, get mm. them touching the dogs. I mean, this and has a massive impact. Yeah. And they ask you to come back, don't they? I mean, oh, most always. of the time We'd it's a bit of those, you know, <laughs> giving them an opportunity to meet yes. Frankie. Sorry, I know you're the lead holder. Uh, generally, they, they want to see Frankie again. They Absolutely. ask when you're coming back. There's, Definitely. There's the, so... This year, we we just have this so many frail care and dementia units in Durban, um, and our facilities again. There's, I don't think there's any we've been in touch with to say, would you like us to come? It's all everyone's come to us and said, can you, can you do visits? And ideally, you want to do them regularly. So we schedule visits for one visit to a facility every month um, but our frail cares <clears throat> just because of the volume there's just so many in Durban and I hate saying no um, we've kind of scheduled that a bit more 
Um, but every single time people are like, when, when can we do our next one? So our regular facilities and the facilities that started with us are very special to us. So those just get scheduled for the year. So we know that we have spaces for them. Um, and then the others we kind of fit in. We do do quite a few ad hoc where people will say, please, can you bring your dogs? And then I'll say, well, we'll do an ad hoc visit. I've got a space here and I'll be able to get enough volunteers. Um, and then we try and do it once a quarter or once every six months, whenever we can. And this is this is voluntary. This Absolutely. is not paid. You don't get no. paid for this. Is This is you gifting Correct. Your, your dog to yes. a greater community. Mm-hmm. So how, you know, in terms of costs involved – are they mm. are they donors? Are they sponsors? Can people donate? Can people try and support you? Absolutely. Where does that money go? It obviously doesn't pay for your time. No. So we use we we've been really very lucky in terms of sponsorships. So our, a lot of our colours and leads have been sponsored. All of them have been sponsored by Moltons, and they often give us treats and things for the dogs. They've given us a few hampers to be able to raffle. Um, Life St. Joe's has been really kind and are sponsoring shirts for all our handlers. And then the donations that people would like to give, which we, we get a fair amount, um, we use that for, at the moment, marketing material, um, for the things that we've, we've wanted to have, like gazebos for events and, and that kind of thing. And we're, if we get enough, eventually we can, we can start giving back to to um, our teams um, to help co- cover those because as you so said like it's really expensive fuel shampoos yes <laughs> grooming grooming products um, we we do try and secure the best price for for in terms of the the grooming products and things like that where we can um, and then we pass that directly on so if we get something at cost we'll pass the cost price on to our teams um, so for four teams to join us, all those kind of things are big considerations. Mm. Um, and also because it's, it's donations and it's very ad hoc, um, we can't guarantee. So we can't say we will help pay for your okay. grooming or help pay for your, for your vet visits because we don't know if we're going to get mm. those donations next year. There are a group of vets that are giving us discounts. Some of the, the vets in Durban have agreed to percentage discounts. So like a welfare rate in terms of... Uh, Correct, yeah. Um, so we recommend them. Um, but again, that's up to the individual. Often people have a great relationship with their vet and they prefer to go there. And their team's quite sort of spread out. It I mean, is. this is not just you know, sort yep. of a collection of people in, in, in central Durban highway, or upper yes. highway or... Exactly. So from all the way from Hilton, this is this is KZN. Yeah, so we have teams all the way from Hilton to the furthest north is Zanquazi that we have a team that comes through to visits to, um, and then a fairly big team in Durban North as well. So yeah, everybody is everywhere. So it's very hard um, to be able to nominate anyone in particular for them to go to. And breed wise, are there any particular? I mean. Obviously, Frankie is a temperament-wise a perfect. Oh, he heard his name. He lifted his head. A perfect breed in terms of having a great temperament and a, a good reputation with children. And yes. Of what are the 
So what are the sort of breeds that you've got in your team? So we like to say, we like to think that therapy dogs are born and not made. Um, so we don't, we don't particularly discount any dog. Um, we do, however, take breed into consideration. So obviously your toy breeds are make the most incredible therapy dogs because they were just really bred to sit on people's laps and lap cuddles. <laughs> um, so they they make great, great additions to our team. Um, we, we more, I would probably say, mindful about your guarding breeds. Um, just we do have to take individual on individual basis, but that inherent trait is there. Mm. So we probably watch them a lot closer and a little bit mm. more mindful about them in terms of becoming therapy dogs. Mm. Um, yeah, so, but no particular breed. Um, our, our from small to large. From small what's to large, largest, exactly. What's your largest breed on there? We program? had an Irish wolfhound. Oh, yeah. Shame he passed away, but oh. we had an Irish wolfhound. And then we have... I was I was going to say the crossbreeds are often yes, sorry like we can't just talk about the breeds <laughs> and and those are often my favorite because nature selected them mm -hmm. there's been no human involvement there <laughs> so they've selected themselves um, and yes yeah, so he another another dog that we have on our team at the moment who must have some kind of Pyrenees or he's a he's a cross he's a big boy and those dogs are lovely for next to beds because patients can literally oh, reach they can them stand. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. they can stand and these dogs often get onto the beds or they sit on the children's laps and so whatever yeah. interaction people are needing at the time Yes. How do you gauge that? Is that a conversation had, individual circumstances? We leave it up to them. They gauge it. Um, so we honestly let them, let them take the lead um, and, then, and let them respond how they... And that's the amazing thing about dogs um, and why therapy dog work is so amazing is that they will read the situation on their own. We don't have to coerce them. We don't have to ask them to do tricks we don't have to ask them to do anything they read the situation and respond in the way that they think the person would like so how often do you come across situations where they're responding saying i'm not comfortable with this this is not a safe it situation happens. absolutely and every dog has preferences just like humans do so Let's take Frankie as the example since he's here. Absolutely loves children. He was born into a family that had children. So, and then coming to live with us, there aren't children. So he is just delighted when we go to to a visit with children and has absolutely no problem with fifty of them around him, touching him and making loud noises. He's he's absolutely in his element. He's um, a little bit more. Um, not weary, but I would say probably polite with people that are very sick and terminal, okay. funnily enough. So he will let, there's, there's other dogs in our group that read that really well and will give that person a lot of love, whereas he's, he'll just sit by them. Okay. Um, and you know that that, isn't, that is yes. his sign. To and say. That's, that's been um, confirmed for me where we went into a room with a lady who, who looked absolutely fine and she was sitting around with her, her friends and they were all chatting and Frankie just 
sat fairly far. It was just like, I'll wait here for you while you finish. And as we walked out, the social worker said to me, that's interesting. That lady has stage four cancer and she doesn't have long. Sure. Yeah, so okay. uh, uh, dogs have preferences. Some some dogs don't enjoy children as much, so mm -hmm. they... They and visit. then you can tailor the work. Absolutely. Yeah. So we let then, again, we, we let our teams um, <laughs> decide where they want to visit um, and then join those visits that, are, that they it's and their dog well. enjoy. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Because if it's not enjoyable, it's not sustainable. Exactly. And, and most comfortable at. Exactly. And you, I mean, you both clearly enjoy what you're doing or you see the, the massive benefit in it because you... You're hoping to continue and you, Definitely. you love what you do. Our, our payment or our reward as the human part of the team is watching the healing that your dogs can bring. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So he'll often, Frankie also does love the other visits where we can go and sit in a lounge and he can either lie on the couch or um, <clears throat> people sit on the, on the floor with him and he can literally lie there and just get pats and he'll often put his head down on their lap oh. or give them a lick. Such Another a little pug that we have at the one facility that I have in mind right now, we walked up the stairs <clears throat> into where all the therapy rooms are and one patient was sitting and he literally went straight up to her, sat on her lap, and just licked her face. <laughs> Love so kids. that's what he thought she needed that day. Didn't need a um, good kiss. Yes, exactly. Uh, and uh, if people want to, if they're inspired by this, either obviously donations, sponsors, mm -hmm. any help or assistance is gladly or always needed. We never Absolutely. Ever. But if people want to become part of the team, they can reach out to you? They can Absolutely. Inquire. 100%. Um, we have evaluations a couple of times a year, so we don't do them that often. But people are always very welcome to join us on visits and see how the dogs work. Um, that's also to you, by the way. If you would ever mm, like I'd to join, to that come. would be amazing. Oh, be um, see how the dogs work. It's very hard to explain. It's mm. it's it's. But awesome to follow you, to I mean, witness. a lot of your images and yes. a lot of the the information you're putting out there at the moment gives people an insight into the incredible work that you're doing. And yeah. I mean, you you spoke before about I mean, from reading with children to end stage situations, but you know, wellness days, corporate events. Yes. I mean, those are. Definitely. I mean, I never, I've never <laughs> been to one. But, I mean, what a wonderful, everybody loves to, to yeah. have a visit. Yes. <laughs> Everyone wants to see a, a dog in a corporate environment. So what a great opportunity yeah. to... Absolutely. And it, I mean, there's, there's so much documented evidence of, of what dogs do for people. Um, and certainly one of the big ones is helping with stress relief um, and the decrease in cortisol levels etc whilst mm. touching dogs so that fits in really well with with corporate wellness days and um um that type of thing so we're always open to to doing those that's wonderful um, yeah and in terms of is there anybody you want to say thank you to while well, we've got the opportunity in terms of i know that there are people who are giving you said maltons and um, mm. are there any people who who currently contribute that that you Want to give a shout out to? Oh, Maltons have been absolutely phenomenal. And the fact that they had collars and leads in our 
branded colors yeah, was no, amazing so and they smart. were they were so generous and just how many do you need yeah. here they are um dogs treats they 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 really are so, been so generous in helping us get started and and get going on this journey um so a very big thank you to them life hospitals also they're hugely supportive of us um and and have, as, as I said, sponsored, sponsored new shirts for us, which we're hoping are coming soon. Um, but they've offered massive support too, and that's so sweet. One of the doctors there makes sure he knows when we're coming every time and gets treats in for the dogs. Um, <laughs> so just that kind of love and sharing and what people can do for us has been amazing. The no, impact is greater yes. than just the the person you're providing Absolutely. that therapy for. It really no, has a knock-on impact, yes. doesn't it? No, to hospitals too, what they do is absolutely phenomenal. So um, they do the one hospital that we visit in Belito, they do a, the staff do a collection for us. Oh, wow. So, yes. Oh. So every every month that we go there, there's an envelope for angel paws of, of oh. what the staff have donated. And this goes into things like your insurance policies. Yes, so we have to obviously have insurance. Um, that's one thing that is not negotiable. The dog's jackets. There's part of the uniform that we do sponsor for, for handlers, so um, with funds that we have available. So the dog's jackets. Um, yeah, um, we, we, we do try every now and then gift handlers with um, grooming products or, or whatever we can. So... Yeah, and I see you come in with your car branded, the signage. Yes. That's obviously, you know, to spread the word, you need. Yeah, yeah. Who manages your social media? I mean, have you have you got a website? Have you? We do. Okay. We have. We're really very proud of our website, and that's another donation. So we'll put all of these links in the, in the bottom. People Amazing. can access this information just to read and see what you do. And, yeah. And if they're as inspired as I am, I think, um, you know, yeah. hopefully it's just going to keep growing. And yeah. you're going to have more support. Keep healing. Yeah, keep yeah. healing. Thank you so much. Thank Thanks you for so. coming and telling us all about Angel Paws. And thank you for Frankie's time. Um, I know you're just the, the lead holder, <laughs> so I've appreciated my, my therapy time with him. <laughs> um, it's, it's really phenomenal work that you're doing. And so a big thank you from someone like me um, oh. for, for the impact that you're making. Thank you, Dr. Cora. Really that makes it all – those kind – type of comments make it so mm. worthwhile so no, i really see you. the value in it uh, just it's so extensive um you know we've touched on a few things but i really i urge all the listeners to to go out there and, and and really read what you're doing and and get some insight into the massive impact that this is having from small children to to dying people so mm. well done thank well done. you thank, thank you. you so much <laughs> As we wrap up this insightful episode, I want to extend a heartfelt thank you to our wonderful guests, Pam Diamond and her amazing therapy dog, Frankie. Their story reminds us of the incredible healing power of our four-legged friends. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, don't forget to show your support by liking, sharing, commenting, and subscribing to the Pause and Effect podcast. Your engagement helps spread the love for pets far and wide. Until next time, this is Dr. Kara signing off from the Pause and Effect podcast, wishing you and your furry companions a awesome day. And now, before we say goodbye, a gentle reminder, don't forget to give your pets a hug from me.
Welcome back to Just For Pets. You're with Dr. Kara. Hi, Doc. It's Justin the Jack Rossi here. And boy, am I itchy. Are you on a hypoallergenic diet? Hyper what now? Changing to a special diet will really help. And Just For Pets have a massive range. And flea and tick medication, special shampoo. Oh, how quick can you get some? Order today and we'll deliver pronto. I feel better already. Justforpets.co.za Vet approved, pets adored. Get it all to your door. We have an exciting announcement to make. We are looking for guest speakers who are passionate about the pet industry and sponsors to support future episodes. Are you an expert in pet training, nutrition or behaviour? Maybe you're a veterinarian with insights to share, a pet store owner with unique experiences or a pet product inventor. We want to hear from you. The Pause and Effect podcast is a platform for industry professionals like you to showcase your knowledge, experiences and stories. As a guest speaker on our podcast, you'll have the opportunity to share valuable information, engage with our audience and have your voice heard in the pet community. Whether you want to discuss training techniques, emerging pet care trends or the importance of mental stimulation for pets, we want to feature you and your expertise. So... If you're passionate about pets and have something to say, we invite you to join us on an upcoming episode of the Pause and Effect podcast. But wait, that's not all. The Pause and Effect podcast is also seeking sponsors to support our mission of educating and entertaining pet lovers worldwide. By becoming a sponsor, you'll gain exposure to our engaged audience and have your brand associated with the love and care that we have for our four-legged friends. If you own a pet-related business, offer pet products or services, or simply want to align your brand with our pet-loving community, we'd love to partner with you. As a sponsor, your brand will be featured prominently in our episodes and our social media channels. It is a great opportunity to showcase your offerings to a dedicated audience of pet enthusiasts. So whether you're an expert in the pet industry looking to share your knowledge or a business seeking to reach a pet-loving audience, we want to hear from you. To apply as a guest or to inquire about becoming a sponsor of the Pause and Effect podcast, please contact me at drkara at pauseandeffect.co.za. Get in touch and let's discuss the various opportunities. Thank you for joining us today. We can't wait to welcome our future guest speakers and sponsors to the Pause and Effect podcast. Remember, every episode is an opportunity to celebrate our four-legged friends.